Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, welcome to Office Chats, a podcast presented by Madam Blue. I'm Valeria and I'll be hosting this series. Each episode will have a special guest who will share their story of success as well as their career advice and industry insight. Today's guest is B. Feliu Espala, the founder and CEO of The Honey Pot Company, a plant-based feminine care system. I learned about this brand because one of our writers at Madam Blue, Riley Dahl, wrote an article about them. So shout out to Riley for that. Um, but in this podcast, B and I will be discussing how she started this company, how she innovates in this industry, and her advice for starting a business and more. I wanted to just get started with you on how you launched the Honeypot Company. I read that it was, you know, started out of your own necessity to find a product that wasn't available. So the reason why I started is because I had a, an almost year-long bacterial vaginosis infection that I could not get rid of. Really, to make a long Long story short, one night I had a dream with one of my ancestors and she basically gave me a list of ingredients and told me that, um, you know, she understood what was going on with me and that if I used this formula, I would get rid of my problems. She said she would make sure that when I woke up, I would remember. And so as soon as I woke up, I remembered everything from the dream. I remembered the formulation. I remembered everything. And it wasn't necessarily the formulation like broken down into percentages. It was more so, you know, all of the ingredients that I needed to use. I made it and it worked. Honestly, that's really how I got started making Honey Pot. And so when you, you know, you wake up and this starts working for you, is your immediate reaction like I've struck gold, I need to sell this or was it a slower burn? In the beginning, it was never about, like, I struck gold, I needed to sell this. It was more about, I had figured out something that worked for me, and there were so many other women that were dealing with the same thing, and if it could work for me, then it could probably work for them. In that respect, I struck gold, or we struck gold, but it's less about the money, more about the products that we make that actually work. That definitely comes across with your brand, because... You all partner with organizations that are dedicated to helping women in need. So can you tell me about your decision to partner with charities and how exactly um, you go about helping women have access to feminine hygiene products? I always knew that I needed to partner with a cause. I stumbled onto AfroPads and figured out that they were an organization that taught young women and women how to make their own menstrual products, like they make their own reusable pads, because a lot of times in developing countries, those young girls will miss school, women will miss work, because the period products that they have access to, either they're not good, or they just don't have the money to buy those things. So what they do is they end up trying to use all kinds of things, they give themselves infections, or they just can't use anything at all, and they just have to stay home from work and have to stay home from school, 
because they can't be, you know, they obviously can't be out in the world just bleeding all over the place. And so Afropad is an organization that basically teaches these women and young girls how to make their own reusable pads so that they can, A, take care of themselves, but B, also be able to make these, sell them to other women so that they're continuing to give back to their community. And then the other organization we work with is Happy Period. Chelsea Von Chaz is the founder of Happy Period. She started Happy Period because, uh, and that's that's a domestic company that's here in the States in California. She started it because she saw a young girl walking across the street and the young girl was clearly on her cycle because she was bleeding and you could, it was very apparent on her clothes. So Chelsea drove, you know, she kind of drove away, but then she felt like, damn, I should like ask her what's going on if she's okay. She pulls over, she talks to her, she goes to the store, she buys her pads and, you know, wipes and things like that to be able to take care of herself. Then that got her to thinking, it's not just this woman, there's so many women that deal with this. And so what she does is she basically puts together period kits. Um, she's got 32 satellite offices around the U.S., in the Bay Area, in L.A., um, New York, D.C., Atlanta, all over the place. And basically what they do is they put together these period packs and they go out and they pass the period packs out. They're doing it once a month, if not multiple times a month. But she's really out, like she's literally out on the ground at Skid Row, monthly passing out these products, talking to these women, understanding their stories, their struggles. What we do with Happy Period at this point is we actually donate them products so that they have product that they can pass out. But the dope thing about the products that we're donating is that they're clean, right? And they have the herbs in them. The herbs help with a lot. Through testimonials that we get, they help with pain, with long use of our products. Some of our customers say that their periods have, have decreased in time. You know, our pads are really absorbent. This pack that we give them also has a couple of panty liners in them. So it's good because the women can actually keep their panties longer, you know, because it's not like they have access to baths and showers and things like that. So they can actually use this, this panty liner to help to keep their, their panties longer. Our goal with the organizations that we help is to be able to help them in the way that we can right now because we're still very much a small company. But we're looking even further to figure out what our next steps are, whether it's abroad or in the States, of how we can really, really give back to the community. Yeah, and I think that's so amazing um, because aside from you, your company, I really off the top of my head couldn't tell you, you know, another feminine hygiene brand that's having this much impact. And like you said, right. you're a small company, but you went from selling in trade shows to now you're available in Target and Whole Foods. Is that correct? Yeah, we're in Target, Whole Foods, mm -hmm. Walmart, Walgreens. Yeah, so not so so small anymore. But can you tell me a little yeah. bit about how the journey was like starting out you by yourself to now you're available in all these retailers? It's relative, right? Because, you know, I was just having a conversation about my, with my mother about money and where she might look at what I make a month and says, wow, I've never seen that much money before, right? But I'm like, mom, what you make on your retirement, some people don't see that. And so if you compare me to a Vagisil, <laughs> right? Right. Or, or a Tampax or a Kotex, I am fucking small. I'm an ant. But the, the good thing about what we do is that we're not trying to be Tampax or Kotex or Always or Summer's Eve. We want to be the natural alternative to those products. The good thing is that we make a lot of the products that all of those different companies make. We do all of that under one brand, right? That's the benefit that you get. But we are small, you know, but to a company that just started out, you know, 
that's doing what I did five years ago, maybe I'm not so small. Everything is relative. So in my mind, we're small. Yeah, but I think I would argue <laughs> that growing. that's a good mindset to have as an entrepreneur, always having room to grow and, you know, you have Absolutely. standards for yourself. So I think that's Absolutely. Great. What advice would you give to yourself when you were just starting? Like having all the business knowledge and savvy that you have now, what would you tell yourself? I think that patience is a necessity when you're in business, but I don't think that you should wait. Like I heard so many times when we were starting out, like, you know, just wait, just wait. Like everything's going to be fine. You know, you don't have to do all that stuff at one time, but it's like you can't wait because if you wait, then somebody else is going to do it. Right. Yeah. So you always have to be ready to just close your eyes and just like push the envelope and pray to God that everything's going to work out. Right. But I probably would have. I don't know. I don't have regrets. That's good. So that's not an easy yeah. question for so me to let answer. Me, let honest. me reword that. What advice would you give to other young entrepreneurs who are looking to start their own brand, whatever it may be? A lot of people create a product and they think that, A, they think that they should go out and raise money right away. B, they think that they need to just get it into retail. The thing about raising money is that you don't, you should never raise money unless you know that you know, like you truly, truly know that what you have is like going to go. Or you have such a concrete plan on how you plan to scale it and grow it. Or you've done this before. But if it's something you just, you've just done, you haven't tested it, you don't know how it's going to do, there isn't really a marketplace for it. You don't want to ask people for their money. You got to, you want to prove your concept and then ask for money. Not every product is ready for retail, right? We're in a direct-to-consumer world right now. Sometimes it's probably better to start and pay attention to, to creating an online platform, um, which might have been something that we I would have, if I could go back and change, I probably would have invested more in a digital platform. Um, but again, you know, you can't cry over spilled milk. We're here now. We do well online. There's definitely always, always a place to improve. If a brand is getting started, I would say to, to really focus on building an online platform. Also put it on Amazon, you know, hire the right consultants, do all the right things so that you can see a lot of scale and growth before you go into retail. So then when you go sit down with a buyer, you've got a story to tell. So is digital expansion something you your brand is focusing on? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm always focused on expansion. We have product in it, which I can't talk about right now. Mm -hmm. I like to innovate every year that we're in business. And then now that we're in um, such a decent amount of retail, now we can actually innovate and then go back to those retailers because we already have a footprint there so that we can continue to grow and scale within our new products so yeah we're, we're always innovating and that's pretty obvious through your you have a pretty extensive line of products available and then mm -hmm. also I saw you all have um, little cute pins that again yeah. benefit uh, women needs so I thought that was pretty pretty yeah amazing. we do thank you just out of curiosity, what were you doing before the Honeypot Company, and did you ever imagine venturing into this industry? I imagined being in the consumer packaged goods space, but I didn't, before Honeypot, I didn't know what that was going to be. You know, if I'm honest, I just knew that I wanted to make money in my sleep. I owned a service-based business where I, I had a cleaning business for years. I did well. I cleaned people's apartments and houses and condos. I cleaned businesses. I cleaned a lot of the actors that worked with Tyler Perry Studios. I cleaned for the Housewives of Atlanta. So it wasn't that I didn't have a client list because mm -hmm. I had a serious client list. 
But the only problem with that type of business is you're not really making money unless you're doing something. I just knew I knew that the that the way to be able to get into some sort of wealth or stability was in having a product because that product can you don't have to be doing anything for that product to sell. So I had a cleaning business. I was a pharmacy technician for eight years. I left being a pharmacy technician. I went to work for Whole Foods. The same time I was working at Whole Foods as a, as a buyer and a merchandiser at the store level. I had my cleaning business because I had to because I wasn't making a lot of money, as you can imagine, working at Whole Foods. And then I left there. And I stopped the cleaning business and I went to be a food broker, which meant like when I worked for Whole Foods, you were my customer. But once I became a broker, Whole Foods was my customer. I was basically selling products to buyers that worked at a regional level at Whole Foods. In a lot of ways, there was a lot of luck and fortune with me because I had experience in this industry because I had already started Honey Pot when I worked for Whole Foods. Up to like two years ago, I always had two jobs. I always had Honey Pot and then whatever my corporate job was. So I was working like 60, 70, 80 hours a week. It was crazy until I was desperate and just couldn't do it anymore. That's when I went to do Honey Pot full time. It's funny that you mentioned having multiple jobs because our last podcast was Brandy Blocker, founder of La Pierre Cosmetics, and she also was, is running a business and has, you know, multiple jobs. So I feel like there's a common denominator here where, you know, people who are hungry and have an entrepreneurial spirit are used to that high demand and juggling different roles. So Absolutely. how do you feel that experience lended itself to where you are now? I'm selling products to retailers. Everything that I'm doing now, my whole career taught me how to do. Even if that wasn't the case, the reason why it's important for you to have a job as a founder if your business can't really sustain you or your employees or employee, it's really important to understand that your business really can't just run with you. You can't be dead broke and trying to run a business and, and have, you can, it happens every day. But the stress levels that come with that, it's hard. I mean, but then there's stress levels that come with having to work and run a business. It's, you know, it's just the way that it is. So what would you say has been the most challenging aspect of starting the Honeypot Company? My challenges in the beginning are much different than what the challenges are now. You know, in the beginning, it was like we were making everything, shipping everything, bottling everything, labeling everything, everything we made, we put right back in. You know, now we don't we don't bottle anything. We don't label anything. Everything is pretty much outsourced because we're 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 doing things at such a mass amount. Everything is made for mass production at this point. You still have to figure out how to make your business run, how to pay people how to run a company, how to support your people, how to trust them to do their jobs, how to give them the tools that they need, how to give myself the tools that I need, right? Struggling with like understanding that you have to really give yourself time as a human to be human because, you know, one day I'm going to sell Honeypot. And if all I do, if all I eat, sleep and breathe is Honeypot, which it is for the most part, that can set you up to be a very unhappy person the day that that thing isn't here. For me, it's like finding a balance between work and raising money and <laughs> running the business. And it's finding balance and all of that within myself to be able to have a relationship with myself and love myself and don't be too hard on myself and things. You know what I mean? Those are the challenges now. Yeah, and I think it's really important that you mentioned that balance, and which is yeah. super important for young business people to hear because it's easy to 
sort of put pressure on yourself to where you feel like you need to be meeting certain things at a certain time and you kind of leave everything else behind but it really the business won't work if you do so it's important to take care of yourself yes (laughs) exactly (laughs) if I don't work if I'm broken everything is going to be broken you know and like I'm like that because honeypot is in everything that I do if I got a lot of shit going on, it's going to show in how I work and how I deal with people because that's just the human that I am. If something's wrong, I don't know how to act like nothing's wrong. Like, that's just not who I am. So I have to really work hard when there are moments that something's wrong to be like, B, what's wrong? <laughs> you know, so that I can figure that shit out so that I can stay focused and stay happy and stay clear. Because if you're not clear, it's going to show up and you can't. There's no time for that when you're in a startup. Right. Definitely. So. You mentioned you're in a period of innovation with your company. How do you find inspiration to come up with new products? I'm sure a lot of them are born out of, you know, necessity. But how do you um, go about differentiating them and making them, you know, something new on the market? I think as a woman first, and what are the things that I need for my vagina? (laughs) Honestly, That's the shit that I think about. Like, what do I use on a daily basis or if if I'm not feeling well down there or if there's some sort of an imbalance? Whatever the situation is, I try to think through how do I deal with that as a human with a vagina? And then what is the likelihood of many, 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 many people dealing with that same thing? That's how I innovate. And then I look at what's on the shelf and what moves and what doesn't move. I look at the conventional products. I look at the natural products. I look at my competitors. I look at their data. I look at the numbers. But mostly it's like my gut. And there's definitely data in there. But mostly it's like I'm a human with a vagina. So I pretty much feel like I know what another human with a vagina is dealing with or what they need or what they're, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like listen to your gut and your vagina. Yeah. (laughs) I use my gut in my vagina. Yes, that's the key. <laughs> this is obviously a really competitive market, yes. and you're the first plant-based product on the market. Aside from that, how do you continue to differentiate yourself and attract new customers? Well, we, we can't say that we're the first plant-based feminine care product on the market, but we were the first feminine care system on the market, okay. meaning um, washes, wipes, pads, you know, tampons. But I used to really let my competitors and what they had going on and what they were innovating into, I used to really let that bother me. But now I don't, I don't even worry about it because I know and understand that it's hard for all of us to do the shit that we're doing right? It's important that we're all here. When it comes to my competitors, whether they're fucking massive or whether they're as small as me or as bigger than me or whatever, we're all just trying to get to the same place, especially the natural ones, you know, especially Cora and Lola and Thinks and This Is L and all of us. We're all just trying to make the world a better place with cleaner products. We're all businesses, so we all have to really operate with cash, (laughs) Right. We're all trying to get to a high valuation. All of us are doing the same shit. I don't really get caught up in what they're doing because I can't because I got to stay focused on what I'm doing. I just focus on what we have going on, what me and my team are focused on is our growth, is our execution, is our innovation. We have to pay attention to our competitors, but mostly we have to pay attention to ourselves. And if somebody's doing better than we are, why are they doing better than we are? What do we have to do to do that? What was it like recruiting your team and assigning some of the things that you used to do and giving that control away to other people and finding the right balance between everybody? 
you know, it, in the beginning, it was challenging because it's like your kid as a founder, you're not going to get to the growth that you need to get to if you don't have a strong team. A lot of the team was here from inception. They're co-founders, right? There's Simon, who's my brother, CFO. He's not the CFO just because he knows how to run some numbers. He's a CFO because he went to grad school, got his master's in accountancy, worked for PricewaterhouseCooper and Ernst & Young, had his own accounting practice for 14 years. So he really, really understands to a molecular level. Other co-founder, Linda Ripoff, she's been in marketing for 20 years. She's, she's a writer. Right. She understands that she knows social media. She's ran other other businesses, social media accounts. Right. Our VP of sales. I mean, she was actually my boss at a company that I worked for before this. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just like it was always important to me that we hired professionals. The days of like just get needing people to help and you'll take whatever, whoever you know can help you. Those days are over. Um, it's really important now that they have a resume, that they have experience, that they be able to work for a startup because not everybody can because there's not a lot of structure. Shit changes every day and you're not just doing your job. You're doing your job and maybe two other jobs, but you have to be cool with that. I would imagine that startup allows for more collaboration, which I think right. ends up kind of being an advantage. So in terms right. of marketing, you all have a really unique presence on social media that I love. <laughs> How do you guys keep that fresh and keep it towards your brand's goals? It definitely relates to attracting new customers for the brand because it's essential because it's just the day and age we're in, right? We use agencies for things like that. So we have a creative agency. We use Smack which is spelled S-M-A-K-K. They're our creative agency. They basically do everything. They run our social media. We do a lot of the writing, but then they kind of go in and then, you know, make changes where they feel like they need to. They create all the posts. They create all of our digital marketing ads. Anything that's creative or beautiful or art or whatever that you see of Honeypot comes from them. We definitely use agencies for that just because it's hard to hire for that internally. Because if you hire one person, you're dealing with typically one skill set, right? Unless they're just like a unicorn, but then that doesn't happen every day. In today's day and age, you got to be beautiful. You have to tell the right story. It has to be bold. You just can't be scared. So I think that really comes across on you all's Instagram and Twitter because I can see like in the comments, there are people discussing your product, you know, asking questions. <laughs> yeah. And I would imagine as a like as a founder, that's really that's got to be really satisfying when you see that something is actually working and attracting. New yeah, people. absolutely. Um, aside from that, what is your favorite part of your job? everything like I love it it's fun it definitely has its challenges it has its ups and downs you know there's just a lot of tough decisions to make but I like everything about it you know I, I wouldn't change it for the world it's a privilege and an honor to do what we're what we're doing right now these things don't happen every day while it's really amazing and beautiful I'm also aware that um if we're not humble and we don't respect where we are and appreciate the luck and don't make me wrong what we have isn't because we're lucky it's because we work hard but there is a little bit of luck <laughs> that happens when you when you've seen the things that we've been able to see and go to the places that we've been able to go it's a privilege to be able to do that it's a 50 50 chance shit can go good or shit can go bad if things keep going good you got to keep moving in that direction but you also have to know that anything can happen 
and you have to be prepared for that too. I'm happy to be here. I have no complaints. I'm, I love everything about what I do. You know, I get to come to work with my friends every day and like do dope shit and travel the world and like make cool products that women love. Everything you said about being grateful reflects in your brand's mission as well because like you said in the beginning, it's not just about making money. You guys are actually making a difference in the lives of a lot of different people, which I applaud you for and congratulations on all your success. I just want to give you a chance to share anything else about your brand that you would like people to know about. Yeah, I mean, you know, pretty much throw a stone and find us in all the targets nationwide. Uh, we're in we're in about 2,000 doors of Walmart. We're in about 500 doors of Walgreens. We just got into Bartill Drugs in the, in the Seattle area. We are in CVS in Puerto Rico. We're in Wegmans. Please, please go to our website, put your zip code in, and figure out where the nearest store is nearest you. Um, if you can't find it in the store, you can always find us online at thehoneypot.co. Um, and you can follow us at thehoneypotco. It's really my honor to be able to serve the humans that we serve. And, you know, I know that we can't do it without you. We just really, really are grateful for, for all the success that we've seen. Um, and we just look forward to that continuing to happen. Thank you to B for taking the time to share your story and advice with us. You can find her on social media at Espada and check out our feature about the Honeypot Company on themadamblue.com. Thank you to everyone listening, and I hope you join us in our next Office Chats episode. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.